Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's Thursday, August 10th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, we are off to New York City, Boston, and Washington, D.C. this morning, where political leaders there are saying that illegal migration is absolutely busting their budgets. But immigration activists are saying, well, you might want to get used to it. I'll explain why coming up. Second, an update for you on those cases of U.S. Navy servicemen who were spying for China. A mom of one of these fellows was apparently involved, and she actually encouraged her son to do it. Third, residents in San Francisco are a little bit upset this morning because people keep stealing their cars, and some of the victims are asking, where are the police? Which is a bit of a strange thing to say in a city that defunded their police. We'll talk about that. Finally, we close out the podcast with a personal reflection this morning. It's about the AI revolution and how it might make our obesity crisis a whole lot worse. But before we get to that, let's get to our top story of the morning. And we kick things off, ladies and gentlemen, with the latest out of New York City regarding the country's immigration crisis. Well, as listeners will recall from assorted briefs over the past couple of months, New Yorkers are facing a growing crisis with over 100,000 migrants who have arrived in that city in just the past year. Well, local law says the taxpayers must take care of those migrants, including shelter and food and medical care. It's all part of the democratic priority of that city to be a sanctuary city for illegal migrants. Well, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams announced yesterday that the price tag to be a sanctuary city is going up. In fact, much further than his previous estimates. The new total is $300 million a month. So that number comes from an average of $400 a night for every migrant family, give or take. And there are around 57,000 people that are currently a part of the city's shelter system. But that 57,000 figure... That is growing by several thousand people each week, and that is leading the mayor to this new calculation. Also something new, New York's mayor, again Eric Adams, offered a critique of his city's sanctuary uh, policies in a way that, well, he's never really done before. So here's what he said at a press conference yesterday, speaking about migrants and these policies. Quote, You come to New York City, and we are supposed to feed clothe and house you as long as you want that is just not sustainable it's not realistic but because of that free care you will find that people come to new york from all over end quote to which critics are saying this morning yes that is the key problem of sanctuary cities uh, policies ladies and gentlemen 
indeed, these sanctuary mayors and governors are, in fact, incentivizing migrants from around the world to cross into America in record numbers, all incentivized, of course, by these series of free food programs and shelter and other services, even though these free things are not free at all. In fact, they cost a lot of money, about $300 billion a month, give or take, which is what Eric Adams of New York is now discovering this morning. Well, let's leave New York City behind and head north all the way to Boston, Massachusetts for our next update on that state struggle with also being a haven for some pretty expensive migrants. Democrat Governor Maura Healey said at a press conference on Tuesday that, quote, today I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts, end quote. She went on to explain that her state can no longer financially or logistically support the 20,000 migrants living in her state, including taxpayer-funded shelters, hotels, and other emergency facilities. She added that the problem, it's going from bad to worse. The 20,000 migrants currently in her state, that's an 80% increase from just one year ago. By the way, just like in New York City, the state of Massachusetts, uh, they have what's called a right to shelter law that says that any family, regardless of immigration status, must be guaranteed immediate state-provided housing. So here again, we have an incentive structure that is attracting people, and it is, and it turns out that is very expensive. One final thing to note out of Boston, Tuesday's press conference, well, there was another person there, the state's lieutenant governor, Kim Driscoll. She pleaded with the public to take in immigrant families, quote, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family, end quote. By the way, I'm not sure who has a suite in their home, but nevertheless, if you do and, and you are in Massachusetts, well, there you go. They're pleading for some help. I should also note that uh, New York City, they're also floating this idea of paying private citizens to house migrants. They're offering, well, the idea is around $125 a night. Now, that's going to be a little bit cheaper than the current $400 a night the city pays to local hotels. Well, as New York City and Boston are reeling this morning with their migrant crisis, an activist group in Washington, D.C., has filed a lawsuit that, well, if they win, it'll ensure that more migrants will be on their way. The American Immigration Council has filed a claim in federal court trying to force the folks at Customs and Border Protection to stop using something called CBP-1, right? That is an app, and it is available for smartphones that requires asylum uh, applicants to request an appointment at a border checkpoint, with the goal being to better vet these asylum seekers and to create some order out of all the border chaos. In other words, to prevent the bum rushes across the border that we have seen over the past few years. But this activist group, again, it's called the American Immigration Council. They're saying that, no, this CBP-1 app is absolutely illegal. And here's their argument. They point to a 1980 law called the Refugee Act. And they say that the law makes it very clear that asylum seekers can cross anywhere on the border that they want. They don't need some app or an appointment at the border checkpoint. No, no. Rather, they are legally entitled to come across wherever they want, whenever they want. So now the question, of course, is, are they right? Is this immigration activist group correct? Can migrants come across as they please? Well, a judge will hear this case in the next number of weeks and months, so I will keep you posted regardless.
So ladies and gentlemen, those are the latest facts and data out of New York, Boston, and Washington, D.C. this morning, all about illegal or unwelcome migration. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. Although, before we get to what I think, let's talk about what you probably think. So earlier uh, this week, folks, we got an updated poll number on what Americans think are the greatest problems facing this country. The first, uh, in terms of priority, folks said that, well, we're facing bad governance or poor leadership. The second most important issue was the economy. And third, immigration. So, yes, immigration is a very important issue in this country. And I think that it helps explain what we're seeing in New York City and Boston and D.C. this morning. Helps explain why folks might be a little bit upset. In short, here's what I think most people are seeing and why folks like you might be worried about it. Right? Sanctuary cities have done exactly what they've promised they would do. They've created incentives. And people from around the world are responding. And I'll tell you, who can blame them? As Mayor Adams said, they come to New York City, they get fed, clothed, and housed for as long as someone wants to be there, at no cost. And that kind of sounds great. And that, ladies and gentlemen, helps explain the record number of migrants that continue to cross our border. Meanwhile, let's talk about that legal system, the deal in Washington, D.C., these activist groups, and frankly, often judges, They're arguing for more migration, not less. But we should ask ourselves, fundamentally, why is that? What is driving this goal for more migrants? Well, back on August 3rd, I shared with you one of the reasons for why these activists don't see this as a problem at all. In fact, in their view, more migrants means more power in Congress. It's connected to the U.S. Census, and I would encourage you to go back to that August 3rd brief for more details on that if you happen to have missed it. But there's something else that we need to discuss, too. These activist immigration groups, and oftentimes judges, are part of a collection of people that have openly and proudly identified as socialist or Marxist. And here's the connection between those ideologies and immigration. So these folks uh, who self-identify as leftists, They argue that businesses can move freely across borders without much trouble or hassle at all. So their argument is, why shouldn't workers be able to do the same? In fact, Democrat Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, she labels this idea as, quote, the respect for the right of human mobility, end quote. So she and other immigration activists further argue something else. They argue this. Businesses have exploited workers for over a hundred years, especially in Latin America. So open borders, especially with Mexico, is really a form of reparations for all of those historical business sins. Although I should note one more thing, they don't just stop with this idea of an open border, actually. Their immigration policies go much further. They also want to abolish the government's ability to deport anybody for any reason. Now, you may have heard the phrase of abolish ICE, or it's a movement, actually. And indeed, ICE stands for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So these folks are are the individuals with the U.S. government who detain and deport illegal migrants, amongst other things. Well, the leftist or socialist view on this is that deportation, that's wrong. Again, AOC and other Democrats on the left argue that People should have the right of human mobility. Nobody should ever be forcibly removed from the United States 
for this alleged crime of crossing the border illegally, because as they often say, borders are a form of violence. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the American left, whether they be Democrats or socialists, they are making the argument that, well, we should adopt an immigration policy that boils down to this. If you can get here, you can stay here without fear of deportation. And once you're here, we are going to give you free stuff like housing and medical care. And that's because you, my fellow worker, my migrant friend, you deserve it. Either because you're simply a human or if you're from Latin America, it's a form of reparations. By the way, these arguments are very well documented and made by a lot of different socialists and migrant activists, indeed published in outlets that I saw, like Politico, The Nation, BuzzFeed, PBS, and Vox. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is, I think, the very important context for us to consider as we continue this conversation about border issues and migration. Now, as ever, I'll let you decide what you think about this, but as you consider what you believe, I think what is very clear from polling is that most Americans don't buy these arguments from the left, right? Most Americans think that actually borders are pretty darn important. And most Americans think that deporting illegals, well, that's pretty important too. And I'll tell you, if this describes you, if you believe in borders and deportation, then I sure hope that you think that voting is important too, because that is how this argument ultimately gets settled and stays settled. Because what should be very clear this morning is that socialists and folks on the left, they're not going to stop until their argument wins and they remake this nation, which means you can't stop either, either by expressing your opinion or more importantly, getting that vote in every single November. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or a service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with an update on Chinese espionage. So on Monday, I told you about two cases of ethnic Chinese service members belonging to the U.S. Navy who were charged with spying for the communist government of China. One fellow was named Petty Officer Jin Chao Wei, a 22-year-old man based out of San Diego, California. And last year, he was both spying for China and applying for U.S. citizenship. Well, as you would guess, he failed to tell the U.S. government about his espionage because he clearly feared he wouldn't get his citizenship, and he, he was correct, of course. But what you might not guess is that his mother knew about his spying the entire time, and actually, she encouraged him to spy for Beijing. So here's what we know about that. On Tuesday, prosecutors announced that when Mr. Wei went home for Christmas break back in 2022, just last year, he told his mother, based somewhere in Wisconsin, about his uh, special arrangement with the Chinese. And she responded by telling him that it was a good idea and that if he played his cards right, he might get a job with the Communist Party back in China after he completed his service with the U.S. government. AP News reports that apparently she knew that this arrangement was illegal, but she encouraged him to do it anyway. So that's the latest on this ongoing case of Chinese espionage in the U.S. Navy. Let me now pivot from facts and data to my analysis and opinion. 
So, folks, this is precisely what I warned us all about on Monday. We are allowing in a group of people that by Chinese law or because of their own personal affinities for China, they are going to do as Beijing tells them to do. So my counsel remains the same. If we are serious about this threat, if we are serious in listening to the FBI, the CIA and the Pentagon, all of which say that the Chinese people will respond to Beijing because of this national intelligence law. And because of that, they are the greatest threat to America's uh, national security. Well, we should revoke visas for all Chinese nationals in America, including those EB-5 visas that we discussed on Monday. Let's nip this national security threat in the bud, ladies and gentlemen. No more half measures with that. Let's move on to our final brief of the morning, heading from Southern California and these spying naval fellas to Northern California, to the city by the bay. Of course, that's good old San Francisco. On Monday, the San Francisco Chronicle highlighted the latest crisis that is facing that city. It's the theft of automobiles. Those numbers are way up, up 42% since the year 2019. And interestingly, one type of car that's getting some pretty special notice, at least from the local newspaper, well, it's the Volkswagen Vanagon. Yes, those are the beloved vehicles of the American hippie, the van that's kind of a car, but mostly a van. And my goodness, you find them all over this country, but most especially in the lovely, lovely city of San Francisco. But we do have a problem. They keep getting stolen, like, well, other makes and models in San Francisco. And that has led the local newspaper, the San Francisco Chronicle, to ask this headline, quote, Someone keeps stealing VW Vanagons in San Francisco. Where are the police? End quote. So this article, quite interestingly, it went on to criticize local police for not showing up when calls were made to report a crime about one of these vehicles, or the cops came and failed to make an arrest. In some cases, the perpetrators, the fellows who are stealing these cars, were right there in front of them, in front of the cops, but they let them go. Well, that led one of these victims, the Vanagon victims, a fellow named Terry Hermiston, to say this, quote, It's so frustrating. There's clearly a pattern of crime here not being addressed, and it puts the public at risk. And we have to take the law into our own hands, end quote. So there you have it out of San Francisco. A quick story of the crime wave with some very angry Vanagon victims pledging, well, it appears vigilante justice. So let me pivot now from those facts and data to my analysis and opinion. Although I would offer you this fact to start in July of 2020, in the midst of, as we all remember, the BLM riots of that summer, San Francisco's Mayor London Breed announced that she would defund her police. Here's a quote from that time. Quote, we will redirect $120 million from law enforcement to support these BLM priorities over the next two years. Let me repeat that. This is $120 million, end quote. Well, as you would imagine, that led to fewer officers on the force and a decrease in the morale of the guys who remained. After her statement, by the way, San Francisco PD saw resignations increase by 18% and retirements, they were up by 45%. Well, unfortunately, and frankly, predictably, that also led to a spike in crime, including of cars. Well, a little over a year later, just last year, in fact, Mayor Breed announced that she would reverse course. 
She offered up an emergency request to the city council that's called a board of supervisors. She was asking for more money for more cops. But unfortunately, that effort has fallen short. The city of San Francisco is about 700 officers short of full staffing. And that has led the local police association to say of this issue and the spike in crime, quote, what did Mayor Breed think was going to happen? Criminals were just going to stop what they were doing? End quote. Well, obviously the answer is no. Criminals have not stopped. They are doing more, actually, including stealing VW Vanagans, much to the outrage of, well, the area hippies who are apparently considering taking matters into their own hands. My goodness. Well, this is just something to put on your radar, ladies and gentlemen. You should uh, be advised in case you happen to be out in San Francisco. Things are getting a little dicey, a little spicy. And you should know that there are some vigilante groups out there in force. You'll probably see them in a VW bug. Perhaps you'll hear them coming like an ice cream truck, except they'll be playing some Peter, Paul, and Mary on the loudspeaker. Anyway, good luck to everybody in California. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. On Monday, the good folks at YouGov, they published a poll about what Americans thought of artificial intelligence, or of course, that's the the technology that could eventually be as smart, if not smarter, than the human mind. Well, an overwhelming majority of us showed concern about AI in this poll. 76% of respondents said that they believed it could eventually pose a threat to the very existence of the human race. But that raises a question, I think. What kind of threat is this AI? Because most of us might think of the Terminator-like scenario of killer robots. And while that could be true someday, we've talked about that before. For instance, the drones in Ukraine firing missiles on their own. Well, I think that there's something else that we should be thinking about that's a little bit, well, if not more immediate, certainly more closer to home. And I'd like to put this on your radar to reflect on, to consider for what it means for you, your kids and your grandkids, and eventually this country. And it has to do with the point of work. Here's why. So about a week ago, the Wall Street Journal went inside a new warehouse uh, owned by Walmart. So by the end of this year, this warehouse will be the first one in the United States that will use all AI-infused automation and robots to handle, well, most of the work. Well, there will be some folks still left there, some humans, and, well, they were asked if they liked it or not. As you would imagine, some said yes, some said no. But the Wall Street Journal said that ultimately, Walmart will need fewer people at this warehouse to move all the various goods. And while that is certainly bad for those workers, I want to flag something else that the journal highlighted. Some of the workers reported that they had far less physical labor after this AI-infused system was installed. And they said that they're sitting a lot more, staring at computer screens. And that's a problem. As Walmart worker Devin Lorman said, the lack of physicality caused him to gain around 30 pounds of fat after he moved to, well, the new job of monitoring these automated AI systems. He said, quote, I've had to adjust the amount that I eat, end quote. So my friends, if we step back for a moment, Let's reflect on what he said. Mr. Lorman happened. Uh, what happened to Mr. Lorman, I should say. Because what happened to him, 
is going to happen to a whole bunch of people in this country. And we should be asking ourselves, what occurs in a nation where you remove physicality from an increasing number of jobs? Right? What happens when even more of us stop lifting and moving things around at work and we just sit? Will we adjust perhaps our exercise or the things that we eat like Mr. Lorman did or not? Now, the answer is probably not, unfortunately. According to CDC data, American obesity rates have tripled since the 1960s. Severe obesity, that number has jumped tenfold, and there is no sign of that slowing down. So as we think about what this means for all of us, here's the good news. You and I, we can do something about this starting today, in our life and in our families. Never mind the AI revolution. We can do something about this starting today. It's just a reflection that maybe we should worry about that and do something about that because that's in our control. What's not in our control are those killer robots. We'll worry about those guys down the road. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.